Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. My name is Roddy Nabulsi. I'm joined by Jim Donnan, the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach, the Hall of Famer himself, and the main reason everyone is tuning in. We appreciate you joining us. We also appreciate all our sponsors. We will mention them later in the show. Dane Young should be joining us momentarily, but we figure we go ahead and get started. Ah, oh, damn. I thought we were going to be able to get at least the first section in. Uh, on cue. He comes sliding in at the last second like Kramer on Seinfeld. Yep, anyway. that was me. <laughs> anyway, so Dane's here with us as well. Uh, we appreciate all of you joining us. It means a lot to us. If you would do us a big favor and please subscribe to this YouTube channel if you're watching it or hit like if you're checking us out on Facebook or followed on if you're watching us on Twitter because we finally got our Twitter accounts back and that's been cool. Uh, Coach uh, Dane appropriately titled this episode, Championships Do Not Make Adversity Go Away. Uh, the state of Georgia has gone from the highest of highs of back-to-back championships to some absolute uh, lows with bad news. Of course, there was the two tragic deaths that we talked about on last week's show. Then uh, UJ Sports broke the news that uh, A.D. Mitchell's transferring. And then uh, uh, the news broke on UGA Sports. One of our members put it up first because we have some great uh, – uh, folks at UGA Sports, the member, the readers there, they're they're everywhere. They got they got the eyes on the program uh, about Ra Ra Thomas getting in trouble, and it's just a. There's not a lot of good news that happens in the off season, but you kind of well it spaced out, and it just seemed to all hit at once. And I thought the title there, the you know championship, doesn't mean everything's gracious or glorious because you're going to have going to have issues. You know, it's just uh, that's that's nature of football. What 105 players, 125 players? It's it's going to happen. Give me your thoughts, Coach. Yeah, I think for the most part we've been very fortunate. Uh, Kirby runs a tight ship, and uh, when you get involved with a situation like that, uh, I don't know all the facts, but reading the uh, report, uh, you can't stand in the way of anybody and keep them from leaving or put your hands on them. I don't know exactly what this guy did but uh you know he's he's gotten off to a bad start i don't know what exactly the facts are i think in all fairness to him we need to see what they are and i'm not a homer standing up for him because uh, i can't stand anybody touching a woman like that so we'll just have to see but did want to point out one thing to our fans because uh i'm uh uh see what Roddy does behind the scenes and everything. But, you know, he's getting all these people to uh, say he's going to send out this confetti to him. I think over 3,000. So he doesn't have anybody helping him much. His wife's away during the week. And, uh, but, you know, 3,000 uh, letters, stamps and everything. So, hey, uh, send Roddy a little care package there. And let <laughs> pay for this. Uh, I need somebody to help package this stuff as well. Just pay. Pay a dollar. I mean, you know, you got to pay. Uh, I mean, that's out of his pocket. He didn't tell me to do this, but I mean, I think that's a pretty good. I, I don't need that. I need somebody who wants to sit here and fill these little bags. With yeah, we need things. somebody to go over and help him fill the bags up and then send yeah. them out. But, uh, well, Coach, you and I were watching the national championship, and after what Roddy did last year with it, you started seeing all these other UGA reporters like scooping confetti into bags at the championship, and it's just like, yeah, it's a great idea to share it with with fans that can't be there. But uh, UGA, yeah, yeah. send him a super chat or something. Just, to, I mean, he doesn't <laughs> need to pay for that out of his pocket, but in the time he's spending. But again, uh, back to the uh, adversity uh, situation. I mean, that, that goes with any program. You're going to have everything's just not hunky dory. And, uh, as far as AD Mitchell, uh, you know, uh, the guy did a good job for Georgia. He was hurt this year. 
and he had a hard time coming back from the injury. And every time he looked like he was going to get ready to go, something minor would hurt him, you know. And uh, I just don't know all the things involved. Uh, people talk about he has a child, but uh, some people say the child's actually in Tennessee and not in Texas. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, Kirby has the same kind of mentality that I always had if a guy's talking about leaving and you have to talk him into staying or you have to talk him into coming to school here it usually doesn't work out very good so uh as much as we're going to miss him uh we showed last year what we did when Burton left uh we've got plenty of people to to fill in and uh, certainly it will hurt making that move to get raw off he's not uh on the team but uh I'm sure we'll we'll have uh Many guys that can step up. I know I like Bell. I like Meeks. Uh, certainly, uh, Marset uh, looked good when he was out there. Smith, uh, the young freshman's pretty fast. And then you got all these other guys. Maybe one of them would have to switch to the X position to give you that kind of guy. But uh, I think we'll be in good shape. And with our tight end room and our running back room uh, and our offensive line, I think uh, – one player is not going to make that much difference. If we didn't have the good supporting cast, I would say might hurt us a little more, particularly if we do now with uh, uh, Thomas does get to play. So that would be uh, kind of a, a jolt because I thought he was going to step in there. Uh, Love it. The guy from Missouri is more of a slot guy or a Z uh, to the field. And uh, he, he's got tremendous skill level too. So, uh, uh, I think the the general tendency for everybody in society is talk about the negative a lot more than you do the positive. And I, I understand that, uh, but it's just one of those deals where you got to move on. I know uh, today's the first day of all season workouts. Uh, th this oh, is really? a chance for all these guys to start getting back in the weight room uh, and on the agility uh, scene and see what they got. And uh, the coaches are on the road this week, but uh, they'll be back in uh, Sunday's the last day that anybody can actually be on your campus. Uh, dead period starts again. So, uh, but it's an exciting time to me as a coach when you when you're changing your roster over and you're, re you're starting over, so to speak, as far as setting up the culture, the connection, everything about it. Each team gets its own identity. And uh, we're, we're certainly – we have plenty of pieces in place. One of the best things that happened to us last week, among all this adversity, was uh, Cedric Van Pran Granger mm -hmm. back, uh, just a really good leader, an example setter that, uh, you know, the kind of the hub of your, your team. You know, you lose your quarterback and your center. These are two guys that make all the calls. But, but now Van Pran there will just be a real – hub, so to speak, of our uh, offensive line, and we'll have to piece some other guys in there. But all of a sudden now you've got Truss and uh, Rattledge on each side of him and then Mims on the right side or maybe left. And there's some good young uh, linemen coming up, Ernest Green among them. Uh, you know, Blasky would be a good center too. Uh, Wilson, uh, you know, Micah Morris, uh, a lot of good players there. So uh, I think – we got to be a little bit talk about the negative, but uh, I have a tendency to think about glasses uh, half full here, more than half full. More, it's more like it's running over. And for well, anyone no, worried about the wide receivers, it's important to note 
you return your best two pass catchers in Bowers and McConkey, and you return your best wide receiver as a blocker in Marcus Rosemey Jackson. Yeah, well, that's true. I, I didn't m- even mention uh, Rosemey Jackson, and uh, and because it's a given, we know they'll, they'll probably be the two starters. Uh, I was talking about the, the other guys that could fill in, but you're exactly right. And then uh, I think it's the fact my deal to Bowers is say, hey, uh, go take a sabbatical, man. Go out to the wine fields or something. Uh, just get through the spring. Uh, you know, we saw last year uh, in the spring uh, with Washington out, all the reps that Delp and uh, actually Gilbert uh, got uh, in the spring practice and, and Bowers were banged up a little bit. So, I think we got Lucky and Sperling in here for the spring, and we'll see how that all goes out. And then we're, we're about to get this Deuce Robinson, who won't be here till the summer. But uh, watch. He hasn't committed yet, Coach. Huh? He hasn't committed yet. Well, I'm just saying we're about to get him, Mo. I'm, I'm <laughs> not good about him. I'm not going to say we got him, but I know. I think he's he, on the spot. He, I think George's getting him too. So we definitely. Uh, he looked good in that. Hawaii bowl or Polynesian bowl or whatever you call it. And uh, so a lot of good things happening around UGA. Uh, no, I, I think you're right, Coach, because the to me, I guess the number one question for spring, and spring's uh, – I'm not a genius here with math. I only had to take one math at UGA, and it was statistics. So uh, that shows how much they, the journalism department puts on math. Uh, seven weeks. So less than two months, and Georgia starts spring practice uh, March 14th. So they, they get right at it. And to me, the first question, of course, is who's going to be the quarterback? Well, we kind of know the pecking order there. Well, we, we suspect the pecking order. And then it's to the trenches. You know, you're losing your top two starting tackles, and you're like, and maybe your starting center, the you know, maybe the three best linemen you had. But then your center comes back, and Amarius Mims played fantastic. That guy is one of the best-looking offensive linemen I've ever seen, you know, just from a physical standpoint. And I'm like, wait a minute, uh, Trust is back. Okay, well, Trust started all year. Uh, Tate Redledge is back. He started all year. Broderick Jones started all year. I mean, uh, Cedric, Cedric Van Pran. So now you're like, well, you basically got to replace one guy. And then all the, the turnover at receiver, A.D. Mitchell leaves. I mean, there's a 12-page thread on the board. Everyone's freaking out. But I think you, you nailed it when he's talking about all the other guys. Dave puts it in good perspective with, you know, who from a production standpoint. And you didn't have A.D. Mitchell all year. And you still – Went fifteen and zero, and it's not a. I'm not trying to make light of him, coach, but I just think you're right when you say, we, you always put a spin on the positive. But Georgia has lost one game in two years, so they can't say you're being a homer when you're being factual. And the depth is, I think, I mentioned this on last week's show. Dane, back me up here if I'm wrong. When you looked at what um, the other teams making excuses. Alabama made excuses about their wide receivers being hurt. Ohio State made excuses about their guys being hurt. TCU talked about their running back. I'm like, Georgia didn't have Nolan Smith. Georgia didn't have Adam Anderson. Georgia didn't have A.D. Mitchell. George Pickens missed almost the entire season. Georgia can go down this long list of guys that are hurt, but their depth and their recruiting successes, being able to plug and play guys like an Oscar Delp into the middle of it. The fact that you had a Bear Alexander to come in on third down. You know, you uh, Chaz Chambliss was kind of panned by a lot of people. He He – stepped up big and then your older guys who step up you know your chris smiths your uh, robert beals uh william Poole last year nobody i mean people forgot he was damn near on the team and in the playoffs he was money so that depth you have um i i just don't want people to take it for granted because other teams do not have that quality depth 
So while we can talk about the guys that you lost, which as coach points out, I'm, I'm the negative guy. I'm the, I'm the negative Nancy, the worry wart. When you look across the, the line there, when you look at this uh, list of players, it's deep. So we'll, we'll continue. I on. think one thing that, that, that I would point out over the years in, in coaching, one thing I always look for uh, in a coach, number one, his ability to look into the future. By that, I mean see a player, visualize what you're going to do to develop him or understand that you're going to have to get somebody that, that's better than him. Uh, and with the portal now, you got an easier way to do it than, you know, we used to talk JUCO and things like that. But really visualize where, where your room was and what you needed to do to make it better and to be competitive within the framework of the league you were playing in and and, and always have a, a good vision of uh, player development and certainly Kirby and his staff have that. The other thing is how do you handle pressure? Because it's a pressure-ridden job. It's it's a day-to-day thing that uh, you've got to be able to to uh, put the, uh, separate uh, what's really important and what's not and don't go overboard on things you don't need to, but be very consistent in your discipline. But uh, handle the pressure of the job the pressure of the game, the pressure of recruiting, and and uh, and make it be a, a a real plus for your uh, resume and for your team. And certainly, I think if you look at our team, the way we've been able to be ahead of the uh, transfer portal, to be ahead of the you know, or at least in involved in the NIL, to to do really good job of player development, that shows the ability to look into the future, and then. Just the constant ability to function under pressure, the way uh, Kirby and his staff has developed these players and and game management. You know, like you say, one loss in two years, uh, just complete annihilation of the Eastern Division. So I think uh, you don't want to sit back and crow and all that and say, "Well, we got it made." You know, now we're starting over, and that's one thing you can't take for granted over there at Georgia, you got to prove yourself every day. And the one thing that I will mention here, and I'm talking a little bit longer than normal, but the, the thing that's really helped is this new rule where you got eight hours a week in the off season with these guys where you can work with them in the, in the, uh, uh, as far as individual development, you can have a ball out there as long as it's not individual skills, you can go through team type stuff. I mean, you can do the individual skills. You can't do the team. But the, the coaches can work with these guys a little bit more in the offseason. And when spring practice starts, you have a pretty good idea. You're going to hit it running instead of three or four days of, well, we got to learn this, we got to learn this, we got to do this. I mean, when we we start practice March 14th, 15th, whenever that is, we will have had a month and a half except for spring break where these guys have eight hours a week of total football work individual technique, uh, you know, for a guy like, say, uh, uh, love it coming in here, to be able to spend uh, eight hours a week with uh, Brian McClendon as compared to just watching tape, oh, working yeah. on his own, doing stuff like that. Uh, he doesn't need a lot of individual technique, but he needs to learn the system, and there's nothing like having a coach out there teaching it to you and going over the nuances of it. So um, I think that's really helped our uh, – profession is, is these guys being able to work with them more in the off season. That's a good point, coach. I want to ask both of you about the approach for the season. I mean, it's a reset championship uh, trophies been given parades been made. 
Uh, today's the first day, as you point out, of guys doing those workouts, team workouts. Maybe this is when we get the new motto for the year or something. But last year, Kirby Smart was able to go to the guys, you know, you lose, what, lost 28 players, 15 to the NFL, 13 to the portal. You brought in, you know, another 25, 28 kids to be part of the team. And he went to the guys that were the backups last year. You know, he went to the guys who didn't play as much last year and said, you know, we're going to try to do it again. Uh, you played some, but the team that won it, you know, the first one to win in 41 years, a lot of those guys are gone. Now it's your turn. And everybody we talked to said, you know, the guys that really stepped up, you know, from freshmen, sophomores to seniors all said, you know, yeah, that was a different team. We wanted to do this. We wanted our shot in this in the spotlight. We want to show that we could do it. And they did something unprecedented, 15 and 0. Is do you take that same approach to the other guys? You do have a lot of guys coming back because we we pointed over and over again how young this team was. Uh, or do you say, hey, let's go for the three? In other words, they were challenged to go 15 and 0. They were challenged to make a name for themselves. How do you challenge this group on the first day of practice or the first day of workouts? I guess you go on Twitter and find the one person that says they're going to go eight and four. I mean, that's worked this year, right? When I never saw literally anyone say that. And then they're like, they said we're going to lose five or six games. And like you come up with that internal propaganda. And, you know, I, I do think that there was something like Kirby Smart referenced Michael Jordan a ton around the college football playoff. So it's obvious that like, you know, kid of the 90s, that he's a fan of that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he brings in some elements of Michael Jordan did three peats twice. How do you do it? Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that we've seen without the repeat uh, is very hard to repeat. And then to get three, is just uh, hard, hard to understand how that could happen because you got injuries, you got all these things that within you think about the Roman empire. I mean, that's the one thing that always worries me is uh, what can happen within the program. Can some, you know, some guys get hurt or whatever it might be, uh, you know, academic, issues uh off the field issue like this one with uh thomas yeah. so you you just uh every team's got its own identity you're starting from scratch and you know i, I like the way kirby talked at the uh at the uh sec meeting said we're going to be the hunter we're not going to be the hunted and i don't know what he's going to say this year we're going to be the fisherman we're not going to be the fish or i don't know what he's going <laughs> to say but you know he's got to say something that yeah. you know to his team about, you know, we know what it takes and, and it's not just going to happen. And uh, uh, every team's got its own identity as far as practice habits, as far as uh, what you do. And uh, the model is something that, uh, that I think Kirby more than anything believes in uh, to the, to the max of practice schedule. He never changes it. They said maybe cut back a little bit or, go a bit a little harder, but he, he, it's a proven model. He told me one time when I said something to him about, it, he said, Hey, we won four national championship with this practice schedule. And uh, that was the first year he was here and everything. And, uh, you know, I was just throwing out some stuff, but he, he believes in that. And it, it certainly worked good. And uh, his ability to uh, improvise and change, uh, for instance, the uh, week of the championship game going uh, and changing the schedule, which, initiated a lot of things happening. You had to get the different work with Delta to get the plane at a different time. You had to talk to the people out there about getting the practice facility. He talked to some people and felt like practicing here 
would take away from our team by the time they got there. The recovery for the next day wouldn't be the same on Saturday. So he changed it and uh, left and uh, actually practiced out there and then practice again the next day uh, after they got acclimated. So that little change in the schedule might not have been the difference, but uh, certainly uh, I will say this, TCU practiced at home and then flew out there, so it didn't work very good for them. It did not. I still can't get over that that embarrassment. That's a good point. You talk about uh, uh, you see that nine one one call at DCU. Somebody sent to nine one one with a score thirty eight to seven. Nine one one, can we help you? And the guy said we, and then he used the F word. <laughs> you know, it was pretty funny. I like to murder. Can we help you? It's thirty eight to seven. <laughs> I do want to report a murder. I love it. All right, uh, let me take a quick break here and mention a couple of our uh, uh, sponsors to our site. I want to mention Athens Ford because they've been one of our longest sponsors, and I guess they start with A, so I tend to go with them first. But now, Athens Ford is uh, they sponsor our watch along show, and uh, if we're going to give out accolades, I want to give uh, two accolades to Dane and Coach Donna and for the uh, playoff games. They for the people that did the watch along show, they had. What, 200,000 views on those two games? I think that's phenomenal. The people that actually join them on our YouTube channel and watch the game with them, that's great. And the reason I bring it up now is because Athens Ford is a sponsor of said show. They also sponsor this podcast and our website. So uh, I'm a big fan of theirs. You notice when uh, a few months ago we were talking about them having 200 cars, now they're up to like 400 cars, and they'll have up to 1,000 on the lot. But the when I, reason I bring that up is there's still a lot of places that don't have a ton of vehicles. Athens Ford moves them, and they get new ones in all the time. It is a high quantity sellers out there, and they have fantastic vehicles. They check them out top to bottom. You can go on their website, look at all of them. Uh, Reach out to a – if you don't want to go by the lot, reach out to one of the salespeople there. They will walk around it. They'll do Zoom with you or uh, FaceTime, and you can look at the vehicle that way. Uh, If you are in the military, active or retired – uh, plus eligible veterans, you can get $500 off. Same for students. If you're a college student or a recent college graduate, you can get 500 bucks off. So hit them up when you get a chance. Uh, check them out. They have a ton. You can see the uh, vehicle, the used vehicles they have there. They have the specials. I'm a big fan of the certified pre-owned vehicles. I, I bought one from them. I've driven the wheels off of it. And every time I bang it up or do something to it because I'm a terrible driver. They take care of it for me. So hit up our friends at Athens Ford when you get the chance. All right. also want to talk about our friends over at uh, Your Pie. Try the uh, uh, triple threat. Try their hot Nashville chicken. Try the barbecue chicken. Try the buffalo chicken pizzas. It's a great concept, folks. Basically, you go in, you tell them what dough you want, you know, what sauce you want, what toppings you want, and you can put as many toppings on your pizzas as you want. Same if you're getting a salad. Same if you're getting pasta. Same if you're getting a, 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 some of their specialty sandwiches. They put it into this fantastic hot pizza oven. You go get a drink. You pay for it. Maybe you get a gelato. Maybe you get a brownie. The brownies are phenomenal. Got that brownie gut going here. But uh, by the time you go sit down, they're over at your table in just a few minutes after that with a piping hot fantastic crust, delicious pizza, the best pizza you'll ever have in your life. And today, if you want to order one and then go pick it up or have it delivered, or if you want to do it for later in the week, if you use the Your Pie app, you can get double points. They have a point system. You get points for every dollar you spend at Your Pie. 
those translate into free pizzas, free breadsticks, free salads, free gelato, free brownies, uh, free drinks, stuff like that very quickly. So hit up our friends at Europe. Uh, there's 70 locations. They're all over the place. I, I definitely recommend them. Uh, they are sponsors of <laughs> when I went to the Europe in Athens. You know, they had Malachi Starks back there serving pizzas You know, as part of his NIL deal. They are supporting the university. The Malapai. The Mal. Oh, God. Still a terrible name, but it is, yeah, so Malapai, it's a pizza with 24 pepperonis because he's number 24. So uh, the point being, they take care of the university. If you are a fan of the University of Georgia, take care of the people who take care of your university. Coach, the news of the day in the SEC, Alabama needing an offensive coordinator, already looking for a defensive coordinator. Any idea what Nick Saban does for those two spots? Yeah, I think this is a huge day for uh, uh, Tennessee. I think they're supposed to get some kind of idea about what the uh, findings were uh, as far as what they replied to the NCA, and then maybe NCA is going to say uh, whether uh, Jeremy Pruitt gets a show calls for his involvement. And uh, if he doesn't, I can see Alabama jumping all over Pruitt because, you know, he's got the real uh, association with Coach uh, Saban. If, if he doesn't, I don't know which way they'll go. But offensively, uh, there's been a lot of rumors about Jeff Lebby, the guy that was at Ole Miss, is now at, at uh, down at the uh, University of Oklahoma. But he just got one of the top three quarterbacks in the country in Jackson Arnold out of Texas. Uh, you know, I think his future is pretty bright there at Oklahoma just as far as new program you just don't know how long nick's going to keep going obviously he'll say he's going forever but who knows and um there's not a lot of lifeline there as far as uh, how long you stay there so i i can i don't know i'm not putting words in levy's mouth but uh i'd be surprised but also the guy at byu uh has been mentioned uh the uh the offensive coordinator at tulane and then uh this young coach at uh LSU, the uh, quarterback coach, the Sloan guy who uh, has some background uh, in the conference, his name's come up. But more than likely, it's going to be somebody, Jimmy Sexton, lifelong friend and uh, advisor to Nick, his agent, has always come up with somebody for him. You know, starting back to uh, Kiffin and Sark and O'Brien. I mean, you could probably see some NFL guy, but those are the names I've been hearing. Coach, a lot of people have speculated on him leaving eventually. They're like, oh, we'll say we can't do this forever. I don't know him, but I the vibe I get from him is what what would he do? Does this is a man that likes to go golf? Does he like to go fish? I just can't see him not coaching. I just I don't yeah. I, I, I don't know, I don't know personally at all. Yeah, I, I know he you know him. I remember when he sent flowers uh, to Mary after her passing. You know, this he was one of the first guys to reach out. Uh, super nice guy, it seems, but I just it seems to me like that's all he wants to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't talk to him about stuff like that. I don't talk to him. Very no, but much it, you know him better I than I. Like, I. I do feel like it's kind of like Joe Paterno. I mean, Joe uh, just totally in, in, involved in the whole program. And, uh, you know, he went to his 83 or 84. I don't know how long. Yeah. Uh, Nick, 71. He's got good health. Uh, I, I do know one thing. It's got to chap his ass. Is Georgia football <laughs> uh, right now? Uh, you know, hey, you say we want to come back and we want to do all this, but uh, the, you know they're they're looking 
they're looking at uh, climbing back up the mountain a little bit. So that, that in itself is going to take a lot to do because we're not going to stop while they, they start making their move. And then you got LSU coming on strong. Uh, you know, I'm not going to count A&M out at this point, but, uh, you know, they made a big move there bringing Petrino in, who is really good offensive coach. But uh, we'll just have to see how that room works with both him and Jimbo in it. But I, I can't see Saban uh, unless – all of a sudden they just lose three or four games like they lost two this year. Uh, I can't see him getting out anytime. Uh, he, he just, he's a driven guy. Kind of like Belichick. I mean, Belichick yeah. 72. I mean, he, 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 the last couple of years, they've been low, you know, I mean, they, they haven't done anything since Brady left. And, uh, as far as making any move in the playoffs, and then you got the best team in your division, has Allen, the quarterback, and then you got two at Miami. Um, so they're third at best in their own division, but much less the whole league. So, uh, but Bill O'Brien is an excellent coach. I knew him when he was a tech, uh, very astute guy. Uh, I've talked football with him. Uh, you know, he, he really is a very good uh, teacher. Uh, did a tremendous job at Penn State coming in there with all that uproar. And he made the playoffs five out of six years with Houston. He just wasn't a great general manager. That's what hurt him a little bit. He's probably wearing too many hats. And Houston hadn't done anything the two years since he's been gone. I mean, well, they won one or two games this year. And then last year, I mean, they're on their third coach in three years. I mean, their fourth coach goes O'Brien and the other guy now, Lovey Smith. So, uh, I think O'Brien's a good coach. While we're talking about NFL, I do want to give a shout out that uh, well, one Jermaine King says he needs some confetti super chat. So Roddy, make sure that Jermaine King gets his confetti because he's always watching. Uh, it's guaranteed that a Georgia Bulldog will win the Super Bowl. Happens pretty much every year. I forget what that streak is. We'll have to get Dave McMahon on that. Uh, with the 49ers, Charlie Warner. With the Eagles, Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. Also, a shout out to former Georgia assistant coach Tracy Rocker, who coaches there. Uh, Trey Hill is with the Bengals, and on their practice squad is Elijah Holyfield. And with the Chiefs, you have McCole Hardman and uh, Malik Herring. And coach, I'd like for you to tell the story you have with Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, because that fascinated me last year. So, if you don't mind bringing that back up about your connection to him. Well, Zach's dad, uh, Sherwood Taylor uh, played at Oklahoma and uh, subsequently uh, moved up to uh, being a coach. And he was a coach at Kansas State. And then he, he helped a little bit. And now he's, uh, you know, he went to work selling books for the state of Oklahoma and he, he's retired. But he lived on the same almost two blocks down from me in Oklahoma. And, uh, his son, Zach, and his other son, Press, uh, uh, were very young at that time. It was 1985, 86, and my daughter was uh, actually babysat for Zach. And uh, then I remember when he was getting recruiting, one of my uh, coaches, Brad Lambert, in year 2000, signed him at Wake Forest. And I went up there and watched – Brad asked me to come by there and watch him practice, and I saw Zach and – of course, he came over to me, and uh, it was it was good. And he ended up transferring, going to junior college, and then he went to Nebraska and had a heck of a career there. And then uh, ended up catching up with uh, Sherman, who was a Miami Dolphins coach, uh, 
who went to Texas A&M and he, he got in got in with him and then got in the pros and now he's a head coach like 37 or 38 and uh didn't he marry into Sherman's family too? Is what? Didn't he marry into he Sherman's family? His daughter, yeah. yeah. And then uh but every week uh they have a watch party over there at my daughter's house there in Oklahoma page they pulling for the Bengals uh and uh I'll be out there this week. I'm gonna be. It's gonna be hard for me to pull for the Bengals because I got got the guys for the Chiefs. I'm on. You know, Andy Reid's tough. It'd be hard. And then Andy Hill played for me. He's a special teams coach. And like you mentioned, uh, those other two. But I'll have to, I guess, pull for the Bengals this weekend. I'd love to see Malik Herring get a ring. That's a good dude, and I just a great guy. Of course, I mean. Uh, I just felt so bad for him getting hurt right before he went to the NFL. I just yeah. broke you know, I got a note this right when the I think I told you right right when the uh, season started about that Malik made the team from Andy Reid. He said he's really worked hard and he's going to help our help us. So uh, you're always happy for when the guy coming off injury and yeah, uh, you know he's another guy that Trey scott's developed here i mean guys a really good teacher and uh he, he's putting he got a pipeline to the nfl and we got some guys coming up gonna be the same way are you already getting the messages from nfl scouts and coaches being like hey coach what can you tell me about this georgia guy not not a lot at this point but after the senior bowl you will and uh, uh we, we'll have a pro day but uh i did talk to uh the guy, the, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, a little bit about some of our guys, and I kind of gave him a little grief for not having Ringo in the first round, but he, he had some a lot of our guys in the first round, and, and his cohort, Bucky Brooks, has Ringo in it. The thing about Ringo, you, you see so many of the plays that he doesn't make, but the ones that he does make, he just uh, – and, he, you know, when you look at the size that he has, uh, when he goes to the combine, that people are going to – just go nuts. It'll be kind of like Chris Connolly when he went there and tested and everything. I mean, this guy's 6'2", 210, maybe, 212, and uh, maybe lose a little bit, but they can run like the wind and cover and jump. So we'll see how that goes. Hey, we're going to give a shout-out to Jordan Hall, Georgia's uh, defensive tackle commit out of Westside High School in Jacksonville. The new uh, rankings came out at UGA Sports or at Rivals.com. He jumped from number 45, which is still very impressive to be a top 50 player in the nation. Uh, 45 is pretty damn good, especially got 3 million high school players. If you're in the top 50, you're in the top 250. That's phenomenal. But he jumped to number 16. He's now ranked a five-star. So uh, that's another one for Trey Scott to coach up and to have. And uh, hey, we got a couple of war daddies coming in, him and that McKimba. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Samuel and Pimba's number 10. Damon Wilson is number 11, two five-star. Uh, I forgot about but the, those three will make similar impact to Michael Williams, uh, <laughs> Mr. Long Arms. <laughs> I'm just excited to see Bear Alexander as he gets an offseason to kind of be the guy in the trenches. Boy, there is a great example, and it's a broken record, of a guy needing surgery and coming in here and getting the surgery here and getting the rehab under Ron Corson and uh, Scott Sinclair and getting himself ready to go out there and, and learn some technique as compared to graduating from high school, coming in the summer, having surgery and not being able to practice. Boy, I mean, that guy made tremendous improvement. And uh, 
good kid. I remember talking to him in the training room right after his surgery, and he said, he said "Coach, you watch me." He said, "I said I'm going to be, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be playing." I said, "Well, I hope so, you know." But I, I, I liked his confidence, but it's uh, kind of like a teddy bear in there, you know, uh, this young guy. But he's massive and he's quick too. I mean, really can move and, uh, you know, Stackhouse, him, uh, you know, Warren Bresson. Uh, made tremendous improvement to uh, Warren has gotten his technique down, very gifted athlete. So he'll be a player for us too. Trey Scott actually told me when we did the interview with him, he was, he said, we got to work to keep Warren Brinson from going to the league. Cause he says he's got NFL potential. And I think he could go, he could go this year. He could. No That's, question. And I, that, that seems like kind of shocked a lot of people. And I'm like, if you watch the tape, Warren Brinson's everywhere. You know, it's him. And if you get Tremel Walther back and uh, uh, Stackhouse takes off, uh, Trey Scott, how long until people start coming for him? I mean, I remember when he first got here, people were like, oh, he can't recruit. He's not developing. Now all of a sudden he's got all these guys in the NFL and people are lining up to play for him. Folks need to go watch the interview you did with him because the the look in his eye, like you really can't describe. He was so happy and pleased with when you started asking about the players coming back for next year. Like you oh, could yeah. see the excitement in his eyes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think within without a question, uh, Trey Scott is a Socrates of our team. Know thyself. Yeah. He knows what he can do. He knows his role. He, he doesn't have this unbelievable ambition to be – uh, I'm sure he, it's like anybody wants to keep progressing, but he, he really loves his role as a D-line coach and working with Kirby and and uh, Schumann and Muschamp and all. And, and I defended him that first year because – You did. Uh, if you just put yourself in a role like – let's just say somebody's going to do a podcast and one of the three of us wouldn't be there and you come in and you, and you, you don't know anything, you're coming in cold. We don't ever do a lot of pre – pre-broadcast stuff about what we're going to talk about. It's a lot of impromptu, but he came in here where he had everybody in the program knew the system. You had all those guys that, that he had to learn the system, uh, learn the recruiting techniques of how, how Kirby recruited, uh, everything about it. And I, I thought he made tremendous improvement from one year to the next. And, and Kirby brought him along and, uh, you know, he was hard on him, but just like he is everybody, but, uh, he's still hard on me, but, uh, uh, it's just one of those deals about uh, – I, I just believe he's really been one of the most improved assistant coaches I've ever been around. Yeah, it, uh, we, Dane, if you can, well, uh, in a minute, see if you can find the link to that video and put it into the uh, comment section there because I want people to go back and watch Trey Scott. He broke down every defensive player he had, good and bad. He told us the good things about him, told us the bad things about him. And he mentioned Barry Alexander. We have a story on the front page about Barry Alexander – uh, today, so it's a, a, a good thing to go read from Anthony Dasher, and he talked about how Bear came in heavy. He's like he came in, got a fat, but he got skinny, and he talks about how he gets skinny in the uh, pass, the pass rush game, how he just zips through there. So uh, it's a good piece to watch. It's a good video to watch, not because I did it, but because Trey Scott just does a fantastic job. And as Dave you said, don't get to hear these guys much, they're not. You don't, not, man. You, 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 you love to hear Trey Scott more. Good to hear him talk, but. The one thing that I will go over and over, anybody ever watches this, is, is technique is a great part of any good team it, because you're going to have good athletes. You're going against good players in this league. But you better know how how to uh, execute your assignment 
mentally, but physically, you need to use the proper technique. And uh, I just can't say enough as an old coach that, that I, I love to see a coach teaching a guy technique. And I, in, in my mind, when A.D. Mitchell ran that double move in the, on the goal line, and there's a difference between a double move going out and up and all that, but when he, he gave him a shuffle to the inside and broke back out, I can just see in my mind the thousands of times that when they have uh, uh, the uh, special teams go up there for Georgia, uh, they, they, if you're not on special teams, uh, that's a nice smile from Trey there. You know, he's, look at his eye, coach, that I'm talking about. Look he, how happy he is knowing what's he, coming back. He's, he's from Crossed, Arkansas. You know who else is from there? No, Barry Switzer. Uh, uh, he was telling me one day that, you know, hey, he said, I, I see you talking about Coach Switzer. And he said, we, he and I are from the same hometown. But anyhow, wow. when they, when you have the special teams, uh, so many of our guys are involved, but certain ones like Schumann or uh, Coach Munkin, you know, they take some guys over and work on individual techniques that they need to work on while the other guys are doing special teams. And every time uh, – uh, Coach Bunkin's got those guys working on the steps, not really catching the ball, but just the nuances of a route. And I can just see him teaching AD to do that. And of course, certainly uh, in in the skill level part of Coach B Mac teaches them too. Not not to say that, but I'm just saying I saw that route and I just said, God, they worked on that so many times they can do it in his sleep. <laughs> Very true. And that's the type of stuff when we do uh, we got a couple practice uh a couple moments where we got to watch practice. It wasn't very long, seven, 10 minutes. And we would come back and put up a practice report. We would talk about stuff like that, what they were working on. And it's just, you, you talked earlier in the show about Kirby believes in the, his practice schedule. And we were like, look, uh, coach B Mac was chewing these guys out for, you know, being on, you know, outside the hash marks or inside the numbers and he wants them to be on the other side or he wants them to hit this line and, they have to know exactly what 12 strides is before they break inside. And he can look at it and say, you went 11 or you went 12 and a half. And it's like, how the hell does he see that? So, hey, Coach, do, do you think that Georgia has a play where the running back becomes the center and the rest of the team is, you know, between the hashes and the sidelines like the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I mean, it's a desperate situation. I mean, you got, you got to try to hit one. I don't know. They're trying to trick and get that number six, the ball some way, but. I just really don't think Ezekiel Elliott's the guy to be snapping it. Well, he got destroyed. But, uh, you know, the, the thing that just – I could not believe is why they punted the ball with two over two minutes to go. Uh, you got a lot better chance of making a first down. You know, they hadn't stopped San Francisco the whole second half. And uh, just uh, – I guess they were counting on Shanahan making some bad call because he's been notorious for that in, in certain games, although I think he's a tremendous coach. But he, he has lost some leads over the years, but uh, particularly that Falcon game. But uh, it wasn't just him, his whole team. But I don't I, – I've never seen uh, that, that formation. Uh, it was definitely – you're talking about a Hail Mary. It was hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys about a good idea, something that's a good good planning that you should try to check out. I want to mention our friends at Dead Soxie. And in January, we're trying to tell everybody about the fact that they do custom socks for companies and organizations. Now, a lot of people may not know that. They don't know that you, know, you can actually reach out to Dead Soxie, take them your idea, 
and they will put your logo, your design or whatever onto a pair of socks. And they make incredible promotional gifts. They make, they're great for giveaways. Uh, they're also great for fundraisers. And if you go, well, man, if I got to order socks, what do I got to wear? 5,000, 8,000, how many? The minimum order can be as few as 100. It takes about six to eight weeks. And right now, if you reach out to them, every customer is 100 bucks off. So reach out to Dead Socks. You say, look, we've got an idea. We've got a logo we want to put on there. Because look, everybody wears socks or just about every day, at least especially in the winter. And if you have favorite socks, you're going to wear those the most. So if you give somebody great socks that don't slide down or super comfortable and they have your logo on it, they're going to see your logo all the damn time. So get dead socksy socks to make your logo, make your design on a pair of socks. Again, as few as a hundred, you can give them away, you do a fundraiser, you can do them as corporate gifts. And if you give, and the third thing, when you give them to people, they look fantastic. It's not like it's rolled up like you got it from Target or something. They're they're really the presentation's fantastic. So hit that socksy when you get the chance. Also, I want to mention our friends over at Academia Brewing Company. Uh, Academia, they have the incredible food, the great beer. It is a brewing company. They make award-winning beers. They have something new every week, and then of course they have their uh, their you know crowd favorites, ones that everybody loves. The ones that have won them awards, you can go into the store and pick up their uh, you know, more famous beers right there in the big refrigerated case. You know, you can take them out. Uh, they are, they're in uh, stores all over the place, but it's also just a great place to go eat. And I try to tell people when they come to town, they go, hey, where do you like to eat? I'm like, well, in Athens, I like academia. It's not just because they're sponsors, because I like to take people there to eat because the food is good and there's a bunch of different types. So if you have a big party, They'll be able to seat you. They seat you fast. There's never a long wait time or anything like that. Uh, you can eat outside in the beer garden. You can eat in the, you can just relax over in the lounge they have. They have a big corporate room, you know, for events attached to it. Or just the regular restaurant, they have big tables. So, you know, and they, of course they have small ones if you're doing just a couple people. But from fish to beef to pizzas to uh, the best scallops I've ever had in my life were out there one time, believe it or not. So point being, check out Academic Brewing Company. You will not be disappointed, especially if you're trying to impress friends. Coach, the Dead Soxy read made me think of this, and, and I've been meaning to share this with you, and I haven't done this yet. So every year at Christmas, my brother and I get each other like customized Christmas gifts. And uh, last year he gave me the pillow that had Stetson Bennett on it because I was arguing with people on Twitter so much about Stetson Bennett. This year, um, it's not dead soxy, so I won't, uh, you know, reveal the company. So it's a competitor or anything, but I have some customized Jim Donnan socks. <laughs> How about this? You got some of my glasses on too. Oh yeah. So this is from the show that we do. Like he went and found screen grabs of you from our show and had socks made of it. So these are, uh, Special edition Jim Don and socks that I now own. Are those over the calf or what are they? Um, I just mean, regular. they're just regular socks. Uh, that's that's pretty good. Uh, I didn't get any kind of royalty on this, but uh, <laughs> hey, where's that NIL money? That's pretty. That's pretty slick. I like. I, I assume copyright violation uh, oh, yeah. was all over hey, that. I'm yeah, suing. Pretty cool. Let him know. Pretty cool. I, next time I see you in person, I'll, I'll let you take a gander at them. But, wow, that's impressive. Uh, I know you know your socks from Burlington. Um, yeah, hey, uh, Burlington socks, man. You can't beat uh, my hometown. They're known for a lot of things, but the hosiery mills, that's the number one 
unbelievable. Uh, Let's uh, sneak in some questions that we have here uh, for Coach Donnan. Uh, this is from UJLM95 on Twitter. If Todd Munkin were to leave for the NFL, is Mike Bobo the next offensive coordinator? You, you got to think so, but, I mean, I wouldn't say that. Uh, it's not fair to Mike, our coach, uh, smart, but uh, I really feel like Mike made the investment in coming here for his family, uh, coming back to Georgia, uh, kind of like, we saw uh, Buster Faulkner do, you know, he, he had a job, full-time coordinator. Uh, Mike could have got a coordinator job. He's offered several. And uh, I just think family's really important to him. And he came here for, you know, his kids in high school and then Drew starting his freshman year here. So uh, Mike would be, be an excellent coordinator. He knows the system. He, he knows the league. And, uh you know, I, I think he'd be good, but I don't, I don't know what Kirby's thought process would be. And, and I, as long as Todd Munkin is at Georgia, he's this is going to be an every year thing. The NFL teams will be trying to court him, and his name will be out there, and uh, agents will be doing the work that they do. He's a very well respected mind, pro and college, and so this is going to be yeah. an every year thing as long as he's at Georgia. And, and in Todd's defense, I mean, he, he's he's got you know he's. It's not he's old, but he's, you know, 56 years old. And uh, there's no reason to go chase going to an NFL team that, that's losing that doesn't have a quarterback. Most of these jobs that are open, these these teams are losing. The only one that's got a quarterback at this point is uh, the Chargers. And uh, from what I understand, they're interested in a McVay-Shanahan type guy, which that's not his moniker. So uh, – I just don't see him leaving unless all of a sudden somebody, you know, ha- has a quarterback and uh, and wants a system like he runs. But uh, it's just normal when you're winning on a level like we are. Like at Oklahoma every year we were winning. And you get these schemes. But, you know, why do you want to leave uh, and go chase something when you got what you got here? And particularly with what we got coming back next year. But uh, – um, that's a great point about the age because I, I can understand if you're 36 and you want that uh, that you know offensive coordinator spot in the NFL or you want to be that head coach somewhere else. But at 56, it's like I and he actually said to you know when we asked him point blank about do you want to be a head coach, he's like if if it works out, you know if it's in the right spot because because nobody want my old ass anyway and you know how gruff he is. And kind of I mean, realistically. I mean, he was a head coach at Southern Miss, did a good job, yeah. and then he went into pros. Uh, his his best contact in the pros uh, was a Tampa coach who who now has retired. And uh, then uh, you, you just don't know uh, what these agents are going to do. And uh, But uh, I don't sit around worrying about things like that like certain people do. Uh, and certainly – they got more skin in the game than than I do uh, as far as the fans. But uh, most of the time, uh, if you look at what Kirby's done uh, replacing people here, uh, it's all worked out pretty well. I mean, except for one situation, which I won't mention which one that was, but I I think it was – he's done remarkably well on his (coughs) assistant coaches, maybe two. 
Coach, I think that's an important point you made, though, that not all of these offensive coordinator spots are made equal. And I think you don't have to look further than Todd Munkin's last NFL job. It was a mess with the Cleveland Browns, with Freddie Kitchens and what was going on there. I don't even know that he was – I guess he was coaching Baker Mayfield, but he wasn't calling he didn't the plays. Call, he didn't call the plays. Freddie called the plays. Uh, he, he called the plays at Tampa, and they had an unbelievable offense. Evans, you know, had a great – uh, years and Jameis Winston, and he really brought him along. And uh, but uh, he, he had a uh, did a good job with the Jaguars when he was receiver coach there too. Well, that was the point I was saying is you know he he if you're 36 you're chasing you're trying to you're trying to move up the ladder. You're 56 you want you, you've you've arrived. He's in a very comfortable position. He's winning. He's calling the plays. If you go back to the NFL, you don't have the control that you have here. That's not going to be comfortable. If you're going to a place where you know the head coach has got one year or two years before he's fired, that's not worth it. You know Kirby's going to be here. So I'm just saying it would take a lot to pull him away. Not to say he wouldn't take it because there's going to be money and opportunities and professional challenges. But I agree with you that this isn't a guy who has to go uh, – I'm not saying he's not hungry, but when you look at the young coaches who have coached in uh, four different cities in ten year, five years, ten years – you know, that's the guys who are trying to make a name for themselves. He's made a name. He's arrived. I don't yeah, anybody that. looking for a job, number one, who's your boss? Yeah. Uh, that I mean, Great point. That, that means a whole lot. Uh, and organization-wise, all the way down, that, that's really important. And uh, so uh, th- I would say that about any profession. Who's your boss? It could be you. Yeah, it could be your boss. Now, we talk about uh, the folks at My Perfect Franchise. Uh, the way My Perfect Franchise came into being was Andy Ludecki was tired of working for somebody else. And he started a bunch of his own franchises, and he realized that there are huge opportunities out there for people that want to get out of the rat race. You're in middle management. You don't – I mean, you can do it another 10, 20 years, and you'll have a mediocre retirement. You might get some magic. Or, you, or hell, you're just you're punching a clock, and uh, you're never going to get rich, you know, that way. You're never going to be have the security. We're seeing layoffs all over the place. But if you're the boss, if you have the option to go out and do this, how do you get started? And he realized that that there's a problem for people to leave what they're comfortable with and go do something else. So Andy started MyPerfectFranchise.net, and it's basically he is like a almost like a high school guidance counselor type. What he does, you go to him and you say, here's what I'm looking to do. Here's, help me out. And he can take you through all the different franchise categories. There's like 3,000 of them. Do you want to do something out of the home? Do you want to do something not in the home? Do you want uh, service with outbound sales rep? Do you want light retail, large retail? There's so many categories and the way you get started and how much time it's going to take. You have a lot of questions Andy Ludecki, Brandon Beachy, the former Braves pitcher, they have the answer. So reach out to MyPerfectFranchise.net, and they will be able to help you with that. Now, one company that has been incredibly successful at, you know, the outbound sales and such like that is our friends over at uh, Prime Shrimp. Now, basically, they have this company that builds uh, seafood processing equipment for other companies. And they said, well, you know, we're really good at uh, processing shrimp. You know, we peel them, devein them. Um, we make great shrimp. We also, we know how to cook. We're here in New Orleans. We know all this great Louisiana food. So they basically came up with the concept of boiling bag shrimp. 
Uh, you order frozen shrimp. It's got a, sort of a pound of shrimp and they throw in all these different uh, seasonings. They freeze it. They ship it to you. It comes to your house with dry ice. Get to play with the dry ice. That's what I do. And you take the, you put it into your freezer. Then when you are ready, you boil some water, you take the bag out of the freezer, you drop it in, turn it over one time. Four minutes later, you have delectable, scrumptious, fantastic shrimp that's flavored either the New Orleans uh, barbecue style, French Quarter Alfredo's, the signature Cajun seasoned garlic or buttered lemon, pepper, all the types of shrimp you want, or just plain. And it is phenomenal shrimp, tender, succulent, perfectly cooked. And it's easy. So uh, check out, yeah, check out Prime Shrimp. Go to use use promo code UGA Sports. Get twenty percent off your first order. So hit them up when you get a chance. Two minutes left in the show. We're going to sneak in three questions from the Dog Mount B Butcher nineteen. What are one or two things Marcus Rosemi Jack Saint can work on to take his game to the next level? Do you think he can have a Javon Wims type senior year? Sure, he can. I mean, he he makes a lot of good plays. He's very consistent. You know, I think. Uh, Sometimes you kind of get in a role where you you kind of assume, hey, I'm kind of a role player. I'm, I'm not I'm not a starter. Uh, I'm waiting for somebody else to come back in who was a starter. You know, you got to take the bull by the horns and uh, be mature and understand it's my time. And I think if he does that, he, he's got a chance to assert himself. He's got a good skill level, and he could do that. From MC Jones, 1969. Nice. Of the 2022 class, which players are you expecting? Maybe some that haven't uh, received much playing time thus far. So uh, either redshirt freshmen or true sophomores. Is there a player you're expecting big things from that maybe we didn't see a lot of? Two guys in particular, Marvin Jones, uh, who was hindered some with injuries. I think uh, he's going to make a quantum loop uh, leap this year. And Ernest Green, a guy that hurt his shoulder. I look for him to be right in the mix for a starting position there. So th- those would be two guys that that are really going to be prominent on our team next year. Final question today, Savannah Doggett. When do coaches finally get some downtime so they can recharge and spend time with their families? January the uh, what twenty fourth, two thousand thirty six. I was like, what the hell? They they got practice today, or they got. No, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just think the COVID year, as I've mentioned before, was big for all coaches to, to realize that, you know, there, there's other things besides just the hammer being down of, uh, you know, got to do this, keep up, keep up. Uh, you couldn't leave. Uh, you, you couldn't be around your players as much. And you got to spend a lot more time with your family. And consequently, uh, the coaches realize that you can do that and still uh, be competitive. So uh, I think, uh Certainly, like I know one thing that Kirby does is after signing date next Wednesday, and there won't be but maybe one guy signed, uh, they usually give them off a few days there between then and uh, when they start back, and then they'll have spring break. And then another thing he does is uh, every other weekend, starting on a Friday, the offensive staff is off and the defensive staff's in the office. So you get a couple of days like that, you know, on the weekends where you get that extra day every other week. So uh, they deserve it. They make a lot of money, but they spend a lot of time uh, outside the, uh, uh, you know, with these players, you know, uh, daily contact with them. <coughs> and you have to keep, you have to recruit your current players almost like you, as hard as you recruit kids in high school. So yeah, I was talking to a coach 
baby <coughs> yesterday and he was talking about the recruiting process and he says I find myself looking at more players even though we're very condensed on who we're going after because you never know who you're going to lose and who's going to be in the transfer portal and if I've had a chance to check them out as a high school player I'm a lot better evaluator of them when time comes to make a decision. If I lose somebody and we got somebody coming in, uh, I've seen this kid in high school and see how he's developed. And maybe he, he, he's still got some ability to develop as compared to maybe he's already hit the, hit the wall. So uh, I think that's something you got to look at now is this transfer portal. You, you need to evaluate maybe more players and then, the one thing that we really do a good job of is the camps. We lost the camps during COVID and, uh, we, you know, you're going to make some mistakes when you're just going by the film, but when you got the eyeball test, that's really good. And another thing that that's coming up here in the spring that, that Kirby came up with the year that we lost a couple of guys that came out early that ended up not being drafted very high or free agents is we have our own combine where we'll go through, all these players and they'll go through everything that the NFL does at their combine and they get a, a, a comparison of how they stand with other players so they can carry that forward next spring if they are in a position to come out. Do like you remember it. that, Roddy? Oh, absolutely, because I remember trying to find out what, what some of those guys tested. That was Those were state secrets. <laughs> we yeah, you don't get those out, but it's a reality, though. I mean, oh, it's you know, good. People, hey, man, you need to come out. You need to come out. But, look, here's what guys are running, jumping, uh, doing the uh, shuttle run, all these things, and this is what you're doing. Now, why would they take you when you, you compare to this? And yeah. it's a very vivid thing there. The other thing that coaches do now, which I think is really good with the tape that we have, is they have a constant tape of practice plays that show you how you're practicing and how the other guys at your position are practicing. And this is why your first team and this guy's second, or this is why he's your second team and he's first. Yeah. And then parents start asking you, why aren't you playing? Why aren't he playing more? And coach said, hey, look, here it is. We're playing <laughs> our best player. Yeah, it's clear. I actually had a tweet the other day, Coach, after the playoffs or watching some of the playoff games, and it was, I wish people could understand how fast the NFL is. You don't understand how big those guys are or how fast they are because you don't have a frame of reference. When everybody on the field is moving that quickly, you don't see what it is against like a normal human being. Exactly. And we had that picture earlier in the year of the Georgia's offensive line, and you had Kenny McIntosh and I think uh, – uh, a wide receiver standing side by side and they look like children next to the Georgia offensive line. And I'm like, this is going to get worse when you get to the NFL. And I would I'd just tell people when you get a chance, watch the referee walk out and stand next to some of these people and try to get an eye, or keep an eye on the background. When you watch the lines take off, those offensive and defensive linemen are lightning quick. And you take yes. to, you, you tell kids how hard it is to play from high school to college. It's the same toughness to get from college to the NFL. Not everybody's Word. going. It's Word. so hard that that NFL, that draft, or excuse me, that combine day breaks a lot of hearts. You know, yeah, here's the other thing that, you know, all these guys start watching tape and all, and they say, well, you know, I just don't know what his top end speed is. I don't know if he's fast enough, you know, talking about a running back. 
let me tell you something. When's the last time you you? I mean, how many times do you see a running back in the pros run more than twenty yards? Yeah. Those guys can run like scalded dogs on defense. Unless somebody falls down or just breaks it there in the red zone, you, you very seldom see a long run. So I want to see a guy that can change direction, catch the ball, block for pass protection, run routes, tough as nails. Uh, that's what you're looking for running back. That's where Kenny Mack will just he, – he'll be he'll be unbelievable in the pros. Unbelievable. Yep. And I'm very excited about him. Uh, another one for Dell McGee. Dell McGee flying all over the country looking for other running backs. The, the man never sleeps. And to, to answer that question, yeah, they're, all, they're all out there on the road going these 24, 25 kids, uh, mostly 25 now. And then, of course, Kirby all around there, too. And uh, I mean, that's what you got to do. Uh, can you imagine the, the symbolism of a head coach of the national championship team uh, coming in to flying into some rural school on a helicopter? Everybody in the school sitting out there waiting and. You're in the seventh grade. God, I'd like to go play for that guy. You know, yeah, it's just unbelievable. And it, it, it comes up because we have kids that uh, say, look, you know, I met Kirby five years ago when I was an eighth grader or I was a seventh grader. I came to his camp, you know, I got my picture taken with him. Now I'm playing for him. So it, it builds. All that stuff builds up. And I want to hit touch back right before we close the show. They were asked about the two guys you want to see. Uh for the 2022 class, I want to see Jalen Walker and Darius Smith. Oh yeah, well, I mean those 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 guys played though. I know, but I, I just want to. I'm really I'm like, and again, I, I don't want to take any of the inside linebackers off the field because you know you. I have, see it, Walker playing more outside now, though. I think he just gotten so big, and there's so many good inside guys. But yeah. both those guys and Smith just, uh, I mean, he, he he's like Anderson. He can play star. I mean, but he's like 6'5", 235. I got a crick in my neck looking up at him, and I asked him, where where are you going to play? He goes, well, right now, they got me a star. (laughs) He can run, man. He can really run. Uh, Anyway, I I didn't get a chance to answer that one. I want to put in my uh, claim to fame when those guys are superstars. After we've seen how good they are, I can say, well, yeah, I knew all along. One of the things I'll end with today is, uh, you know, I don't go over to practice that much, but I was over there. Uh, right before the championship game, and uh, I was talking to this pro scout who's actually – he wasn't a pro scout, he's ex-GM. And he wow. said, Coach, this is the gold standard. Yeah. I mean, I, for him to say that about our team, I thought that's pretty strong. Well, you told us about the the before the Georgia-Clemson game. There's a guy that went and looked at Clemson. Uh, one of the scouts, he'd been over there looking at their team, and then the next day he was in Athens looking at Georgia's team and said it was night and day. So, yeah, and I also told you about the guy that from the chart from the Raiders right before the championship game. Uh, we, we weren't in it in the in the uh yet or SEC, but I told you about he said we had a better looking team in Alabama, but you know, we had to get over the hurdle of beating them. Yeah. But if we ever did, but watch out. And he was right. I mean, we didn't play very good, and we lost to him, but we got over the hurdle. But, uh, hey, that's over over to him. But I, I do think it's good that that we're thought of in the circles of, uh, you know, the, 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 the greater, un, greater known of the NFL that 
if, if a guy's playing at Georgia, he's going to be ready, NFL ready to start out. You know, yeah, I mean, They're getting very good. And, again, I go to the combine every year. I talk to the scouts up there. Uh, not many. because and, they, and you can't always trust what they're telling you. Uh, but when you see the production these guys are having and they know how to practice and they know how hard practice is, it's – you're trying to decide between him and a kid from Oklahoma State. You're like, I think I'm going to take the Georgia guy. No, nope. right. Oklahoma State coach. Hey, go ahead and get on those Cowboys, man. <laughs> Difference in culture and agriculture, 68 miles. <laughs> Norman to Stillwater. I love teeing you up <laughs> to pee on them. Did you hear about those two guys that they found in the stadium last week out there? Been playing hide and seek since 1950. <laughs> That's terrible, but hey, they've got to get with it here. And Dane's already left, eh? Yeah, Dane took off. Uh, speaking of, we're going to end the show here, and uh, I do appreciate uh, Jermaine King and his super chat. I don't need any money, folks. I appreciate that. We are. I know you don't, but you shouldn't be doing it out of goodness of your heart. I mean, uh, I am, but I just uh, we sent out the first 200 envelopes yesterday. So if you are a member of UJSports.com, go to the top of the board on the vent. And if you have not put your name in for some of the confetti that rained down, you see it in the background here. Uh, we are sending out little bags of confetti uh, to a ton of subscribers. So if you're a subscriber, go to ugsports.com. We will get you a bag of confetti. It's going to take a while. I'm, I'm here by myself uh, half the week. My wife's teaching down in West Point, Georgia. So, uh, But when she gets back, and I'll probably bring Ollie home this weekend and tell him to get to work, put him on the payroll, to stuff, stuff these little bags full of uh, confetti and we, get, we send you a letter uh, basically authenticating that it is from the SoFi Stadium. It was rained on by and stepped on by the team. So, uh, But we will get it to you. It may take a month or two, but you'll get it eventually. So we appreciate your patience. We also appreciate all of our sponsors, uh, Athens Ford, Europi, Prime Shrimp, uh, My Perfect Franchise, Academic Brewing Company, Dead Soxie. Uh, we appreciate all them, and we appreciate you folks tuning in every Tuesday at noon. We will see you next week. Take care.